Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Okay, everybody, we're back. Another episode of Kente Corner. I am Bobby Bancroft, and I'm here with Ben Standing from The Athletic and back by popular demand, voice of the Hoyas, Rich Schwatkin. What's up, guys? Is it popular demand for you, too, or popular demand? Because there's nothing else going on, and they want to hear what's going on with the Hoyas. But anyway, yes, thank you for having me again. <laughs> Rich, Rich, there's nothing going on, and people have been have been petitioning to keep me off the podcast. So trust me, if he says yeah. they're, they're, they want you on, that's a good thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I enjoy being on. You know, I, I enjoy talking about hoops. You know, thank God you have the internet, and you can you know at least see who they're trying to recruit and and who they're trying to get for the next several years, and who everybody else is recruiting, and it just never ends, does it? I mean, even though there's a pandemic going on, everybody's still going full bore at this stuff, aren't they? Yeah, there's never a good time for a pandemic, but I can't imagine a pandemic that happened before the internet. I mean, obviously there's been, you know, the world has had health, you know, crises before, but if this had happened like, you know, early eighties or something, you, how would you get information? You know, you wouldn't get information. That's the whole thing. You, You would not get information. And that's why this makes this thing so unbelievable because not only are you hearing what's going on with the virus, but then you can look at all the recruiting from all the websites and find out who's <laughs> recruiting who, who's going where. So like, like everybody's kind of being attuned to the virus as well as what's going on with sports world today. Rich, let me ask you an important question. Which of your yes. kids is handling the uh, pandemic the best? You know, that's a very good question. I think, uh, I think Pam's handling it the best. Uh, you know, she's down in Florida with, with my wife enjoying the beach. What else is there to do? I mean, there's really nothing else to do. I mean, you know, the older boys with boxing, there's no boxing going on. Evans with the with 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 the uh, Capital One, there's no nothing going on. So look, we're we're all in the same boat, aren't we? The, the, the normal way we used to deal with the world, we can't do anymore. So it's a, it's a quote new normal for all of us, isn't it? We're just stuck here and just hoping that, that the world's going to turn around in the next couple months and get back to some sense of normalcy. One day we can hope. Well, and that's where I think hearing Rich's voice is helping Hoya Nation return to normalcy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I hope there there can be a voice and uh you know, I, I hope the voice will be able to, to broadcast during the regular season. You know, like I said the last time we had this, a lot of these teams are planning to have tournaments in November, tournaments in December. So it looks like their mindset is this thing is going to go. Now, they didn't talk about, you know, fans and everything else, how it's going to operationalize, but they did talk about playing the games. And then you look at, like, the Florida coach and the Penn State coach and everybody talking about this classic at, at, at Barclays Center saying this is going to be great for our fans to be in New York and 
how, how much the Penn State alumni love being New York, how the Florida alumni love to go to New York. Well, gentlemen, isn't the reality going on now that you're not going to have fans maybe at these arenas? So they're promoting this thing like you're going to have, you know, 15,000 fans at these arenas, and they may be lucky to get nobody in the arena the way it's looking right now. But what, what kind of games are they going to have, gentlemen? You know, scrimmages is what it's going to be, basically, if they're allowed to play. And, and so to that and point, then, Rich, and uh, this yeah. is like the thing. Oh, sorry. This is the thing that I wonder is so like just using Georgetown's schedule as an example. If I'm, I think I'm right. Right. They, they were they're supposed to be in the Wooden Classic this year with the Correct. with the yes. Duke, Kansas, UCLA, or something like that. UVA, Kansas, U, yeah, UCLA, Kansas, and Virginia, which is a tremendous field. Oh, and Virginia, sorry. Field. Yeah. So, uh, right, an amazing field. This is exactly the type of event that Bobby and I have been begging Georgetown to get involved in the, the first year or yeah. two when they when they bailed on that. Uh, Nike Classic. Okay, great. This is what they want. Realistically, I, I, for me, I can't comprehend how that tournament happens. If there's no fans, I, I know that there's TV money, and I don't know anything about contracts and, and money and all that, but like, it just seems unreasonable to think that you're going to have teams fly across the country for an event that's going to be with no fans. So uh, to me, it's just stuff like that. Uh, you know, if they want to talk themselves into playing a conference schedule where you can hypothetically drive around on a bus or play some local teams, mm-hmm. I just can't see how yeah. you're flying across the country to play an event with no fans. Yeah, well, that, that that's a realistic concern, isn't it? But then again, you have the, the one in Barclays a week later, two weeks later, around December, what, 13th, 15th, 19th, whatever it is, they're bringing teams in from Florida. They're bringing, you know, Penn State, which is, you know, you, you, that's a bus ride. But what about Florida? And they're telling me, come on up to the, to the you know, the New York City. People aren't going to be out if you're supposed to be, to be social distancing. What are you going to tell the kids? Well, you can't go out tonight, stay home in your, in your room. So you're going to take the kids in New York for a great right. event and you can't go anywhere. So, I mean, all these things have to be sorted out. And, 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 and don't forget, gentlemen, they only have about, what, five months to go before they have to figure all this stuff out. And then you've got you then, then then if you're going to do this, then you have to make hotel arrangements, you have to make airline arrangements, academic arrangements, all that stuff's got to be done. So this is going to be this is going to be just wild. It's just just going to be wild. You know that that's why you know when we first start doing this, and I start looking at the '74 '75 season of my first year, it was so pure and so quiet. You don't have to worry about any of this stuff. You know, just play the games and see what happens. So guys. <clears throat> assuming that there is a season and I don't think the last couple of minutes was a, <laughs> a great endorsement for that, for that thought. We recently found out that Georgetown and Notre Dame were going to have a, they were going to get their series back underway. Yep. That's off the table. Now, Rich, um, I haven't been to all of the venues. Obviously you mm-hmm. have been to more venues than you can probably remember. Mm-hmm. If you were ranking, let's just throw Syracuse out because Georgetown still plays Syracuse and Connecticut's back, so we don't have to talk about them. But when when you think of some of the places like Notre Dame, you know, Louisville, Boston College, Miami, basically any of the schools that left, what would sort of be maybe like the top three places you miss just from traveling to the city or the actual arena and sort of the amenities for broadcasting? Like, is there, do you have well, like a... Anything quick, like if you could just well, think. Well, don't forget, like... obviously, obviously Miami was a great trip because just where you are, <laughs> you know, in December yeah. and January, you know, you're you're there, you're at South Beach. I mean, you know, just the ambiance of, of, of Miami Beach, 
you know, so, so yeah. no matter where you played, you know, in, in, in that cold, old Big East, I think Miami, anybody would say that's number one. I think this, the Carrier Dome, obviously, is a great venue, but Georgetown's still playing Syracuse. I thought Louisville is a great place to play. Just the way, you know, you have the downtown Louisville area, you have the brand new arena, you know, what, what is the, the, the Yum Yum Center, whatever it's called now, they yeah. keep switching the names, you know, which is a great, what, 22,000 seat arena? In fact, so, Georgetown wins there. You know, they, they, go, they go to Louisville and win. And, and, yeah, uh, and, I think, and, I think and then, Georgetown's uh, record against Louisville and even on the road, I, I actually, uh, my mom and I went to, uh, Georgetown played one of the last games at Freedom Hall. Yes, uh, I think it was Austin Freeman. I think it was 2000, the 10 season. Um, yes. I haven't mm-hmm. made it to the, I haven't made it to the uh, Yum Center, but you know Louisville was definitely a pretty good spot. And Georgetown's record against Louisville was pretty impressive for a team that was oh, kind yeah. of always yeah. ranked in the top five. Oh, absolutely, they, they they did very well on the road in Louisville. Absolutely, and and then and then another great venue is Boston College. I mean, even though the the I knew you were going to say that. Was not, well, I mean, because of Boston, because you, you get a chance to be in Boston. So, yeah. so th- th- those kinds of trips were, were, you know, people look forward to those things. You know, even though it was in the dead of winter, you have a chance to be in downtown Boston and, and, and you know, j- just to enjoy, you know, the, the great Northeast. So, yeah, I think everybody who was involved with the old Big East misses those kinds of venues. You know, I, 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 you know now you have Providence and, of course, you have Seton Hall and in, in those venues, you know, they, they, there's nothing that really lights your fire when you think of those places. But, you know, the old Big East was, was what it was. It was it was great games and great venues. And, th- uh, you know, I, I think, think we all miss it. I think selfishly, mm-hmm. when you actually think about it, I miss, even though Virginia Tech was only in the league for basketball for, it seemed like yeah. a minute. I think Georgetown only played mm-hmm. them four times. Selfishly, Virginia Tech would be a good spot because it's pretty, you know, it's not, it's not just you know a hop, skip, and a jump away, but it it it, it is doable as a road trip. Uh, Rutgers, West Virginia, am I forgetting any? Oh, and Pitt. And Pitt, um, yeah. Well, let, let me tell you what. I mean, West Virginia. In all fairness, okay, you 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 could leave that trip, okay? I mean, Pitt <laughs> was a nice town. I mean, you know, Pittsburgh is a decent town, and they have a nice arena. You know, especially the new Peterson Center. You know, the old Fitzgerald was kind of kind kind of a you know. A horrible place to play, and uh, in fact, Ewing lost there by one point uh, on that Saturday afternoon. It was maybe it was a Monday night game, but whatever it was, we lost at the Pete. You know, we lost at uh, Fitzgerald, then beat them at the Pete. You remember when? Uh, I think that was uh, Thompson's first year, JT 3s first year. We went up and beat Pittsburgh in his first Big East game. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 those those were great venues and, and great memories. You know, Rutgers, I guess, you know, that trip to Piscataway, you know, one, one of the problems is how do you get there? Either you drive or you take a bus or you fly to Newark and work your way back. Let me tell you, how many, how many different times I, I went to, to Rutgers? I probably did it five different ways. I would either drive to Rutgers. Okay, that's one. What, what, you what's your fly. favorite way? Well, I'll tell you the favorite way. Okay, here's what I did. I took a train to Metro Park, Okay. Yeah. I rented a car at Metro Park and drove the 15 minutes, did the game, went back to, you know, from Metro Park, dropped the car back at Metro Park, and then took the train home. And you know what happened to me the one time? When I, and when I did that, I, I gave the rent-a-car people my regular keys, my keys, and I took the rent-a-car keys with me. I got on the train, and I said, uh-oh, I have the wrong keys, and I was lucky to go back and get it. It's a true story. 
But that, that's how I did it. Or, or years ago, we used to charter. We chartered to the charter terminal in, in Newark at, at uh, you know, at, at, at EWR. And, and then basically, and then, and then you just you know, rent the cars and go down there. Or I would fly to, to uh, Newark and then drive down to, uh, to Piscataway. It was all a pain in the you-know-what getting to that place. It was not easy to do. Ben, that, have you that ever was my favorite one? Get, get, get the, taking the train to uh, to Metro Park and then running the car and and, and coming back down to uh, to Piscataway. Ben, have you ever left your keys anywhere? Is Ben still here? Uh, I mean, I've I've, cer- <laughs> I've certainly lost them uh, a time or two for sure. I, I I don't even remember. I don't remember what happened yesterday at this point, let alone let alone that. But. Uh, <laughs> With, with, with that adapt, right, Rich, I got a basketball question for you. This is okay. a, a rare, serious question for me. You have watched Georgetown basketball for a decade at this point, and you've seen all the great moments, the, the, the last-minute shots, you know, all the All-Americans, all that stuff. I'm sure that you view them all as like your, your actual kids, and you don't like to pick favorites. But if I tell you the game is on the line, the, the, you guys need to make a shot to win the game, Who's the one player in Georgetown basketball history that you want the ball in that person's hands for that last shot? The one, the one guy that, that that's going to come down to the final shot to, to win a game. Boy, you're yep. asking a, a tremendous. I mean, there, there, there's been some well guys that 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 could do that. Are Reggie Williams, Otto Porter, Jeff Green, um, Iverson, of course, um, Jonathan Wallace. I mean, they're, 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 who, who would I give the ball to for the last shot to win the game? Probably Reggie Williams. Yep. Sleepy Floyd. How about Sleepy Floyd? You know, although he never had great shots to win games, but he, but he was a great scorer. But I, I think Otto, you know, made, made some big shots to win games or scored a lot. Charles Smith was, was another one. I mean, he made some, some big shots to win games. Derek Jackson made, made, a, made a big shot. You know, I don't know if I'd put Derek in the top three, but – and Reggie Williams was 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 one of those kind of guys. Yeah, there 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 have been some pretty good ones in their lore, that's for sure. Does that answer All right, your question? I heard Reggie Williams' name meant. Yeah, you, yeah, you Reggie mentioned Reggie Williams, Williams three times. I think I'm going I'm going with that. Well, he was probably he was great. you know. Well, he was, and don't forget, look at the team he played with. Though it was Reggie and the Miracles. He was the main man. You know, he was also on the team with Ewing, as you well know, of course, and. uh, you know, and, 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 and so basically, but, uh, you know, if you have to put the ball in one guy's hands, uh, let, let's go with Reggie Williams. So, guys. I mean, he was, he, he was as, my, as my faulty memory remembers things, he was basically, if you gave the Final Four MVP just for the one game, for the last game, he would yes. have been the Final Four MVP. He was, he yeah. was, I mean, you know, I get why Ewan got it, of course, but like, he was tremendous in that game. Didn't come down to a last-second shot, but, yeah, obviously a great player. Oh, yeah, he was a great player. Yeah, yeah. And you know who was the unsung hero? You know, a lot of people in that national championship win, you know, people, you know, may not think of how important Michael Graham, he didn't have the great numbers, but his presence, gentlemen, and, and I remember just watching this guy's presence, not, not scoring, you know, he, he did a great job defensively, rebounding, but his presence just at 6'9", with that ball head under the basket, you know, just with Ewing, I mean, they had such a presence. No wonder teams struggle against them. Just the way those two guys clogged the middle. 
Is that the greatest what if in Georgetown history? Well, you know, had had Graham, you're talking about Graham coming back? Right. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think if I think if Graham had been there the next year, you know, he probably would have gotten much better, you know, offensively, although they didn't need his numbers. They, they needed him. Look, they needed Graham to do exactly what he did. Stand there with that intimidating presence, rebound, just protect the rim along with Ewing, and that's exactly what they did. And let the other guys take care of their business. And and that's that's why Georgetown won the national championship. There's no question. Michael Graham was a major part just by his presence in, in, in that interior. And and if he was back the next year, more than likely they probably would have won it again. That's for sure. Mr. Pinckney would have had his hands full, that's for sure. I don't think he would have been able to to do what he did on the interior if Michael Graham was in there. So you well, say Michael Reggie Graham at least could have given Harold Sorry, I think well, Michael Graham could at least given Harold Jensen the stink eye. Well well yes, exactly. Or or you know what would have happened maybe, you know, that they would have had the interior covered, maybe the guards would have been able to cheat out a little more. But but gentlemen, I mean the the way Villanova played that game, if they played nobody, they couldn't have done any better. I mean you shoot nine out of ten second half, you know. I think that what they had one turnover, if you know, one turnover in the second half. I mean, how are you going to beat a team like that? They played a perfect game. And remember, the other two games they played Georgetown, one went overtime, and whether the other game was what, just a couple points. So it was like those three games. They, they could, it could have been anybody's game, and it's just just unfortunate that uh, that Villanova had such a hot hot night in uh, in, in Lexington. It was just just a shame. They they should have they could have won three national championships. You know that. They, they 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 were within a Michael Jordan shot and 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 the Villanova game of winning three championships that that would have been really special. So Ben, are you having an argument with the Reggie Williams, or is that is that going to work for you? No, Reggie Williams is a was a, was a beast. I don't. I have no problem. Uh, I have no problem with that. Charles Smith in my head. His, his I knew uh, I knew you were going to say. I knew you were going to say Charles Smith. Yeah, well, Charles well, well I mean, that, it's just that one play is iconic. I'm not, I'm not saying he would be my answer. Just that one play is just iconic for me in terms of that last-second shot. But Reggie Williams is absolutely a great answer. Yeah, So and, and don't you, forget, um, wait, here's a question for you. against LSU, too. Go ahead. Right, so, Rich, here's a question for you. Uh, yeah. Charles Smith, great player, very boring name. Reggie Williams, great. What what player's name did you like saying the most? Georgetown players, did you like saying the most over the years? I have a thought in my well, head what it is, but I have no idea. Well, well who, whose name well, did you like saying? Well, I used to love Bubakar Ao, right? <laughs> Obviously, Ruben Ruben Bumche yeah, Bumche was was a classic, right? I mean, it was a, and that 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 was in, in fact when they recruited him out of Archbishop Carroll, and I first heard of him, they said, "Rich, you better start practicing now because." When it comes to Ruben Bumche Bumche, you know, you're going to have to, you know, get this thing to just roll off your tongue, you know, like, like uh, chief kicking stallion Sims from Stetson. You remember that Stetson. guy? Oh yeah. Remember? You remember the chief kicking stallion Sims? And, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to practice those names. So it'll just roll off your tongue when you say it. Yeah. I think mine I, is. I like, I like Bumche Bumche, but go ahead. I think mine is Devante Smith Rivera. Devante Smith Rivera is another good one. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 
yeah. That that was yeah. that was my that would have been my guess if I had had to guess that was going to be my answer because mm-hmm. it, I guess it was the most recent one. But yeah, I, Bubakar Owl was fantastic. Bubakar so, Owl, yeah, yeah. Also, big fan of Joseph Tuomu. Yeah, Joseph Tuomo was another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, going yeah, back to the going back to the the who you want to take the last shot question. I didn't get a chance to get mine in. Even though I don't know how many big shots this guy had, I think he had one. I think he had one against Alabama. Um, Hollis? if you told what's that? Is that Hollis Thompson you're talking about? Yeah, I think if you told me we need to run a play, a three pointer for one guy, who are you getting open? You know, obviously yeah. John Wallace has that shot to get Georgetown to the Final Four. For me, I just feel yeah. I feel like I want to run it for Hollis. Yeah, well, Hollis made that big shot against Alabama. Yeah, I mean, he was he was very capable of 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 a of a game winning shot like that. Absolutely, he had great range. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, or, he's, that's the one game that Hollis was famous for. You know, was that win against Alabama on the road. And you know, obviously Georgetown. You know, there's a lot of unfortunately for them, famous first-round flameouts. But you know who played well in all those games against Ohio, uh, against VCU? Hollis was like the one guy that kind of came to play. That's right. Hollis did, yeah, he did step up. He had good numbers against those losses. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, he did. Um, and speak, staying with Reggie, with Reggie Williams, he's one of three guys, or I'm sorry, four guys, to get over 2,000 points. And obviously, mm-hmm. Sleepy Floyd is the all-time leader, and he played in the air with yeah. no three-pointers. Reggie Williams' senior year, he had three-pointers. I kind of want to say if, if Reggie Williams, and I'm not sure what, what Floyd's range was, I feel like if Reggie Williams played in the three-point era, he might be mm-hmm. the all-time leading scorer. Oh, no, clearly he would have been, yeah. Because a lot of his shots were from three-point range in his first couple of years. Yeah, he probably would have been. Well, look at Sleepy Floyd. I mean, if they had the three-point shot in his era, he okay. a lot of shots three-point range i mean i I remember his first couple games everybody was wondering who is this guy i mean where where did coach thompson get him from and and he against (laughs) indiana against maryland the two games i think one game he had 28 another game 25 whatever it was but a lot of his shots were from deep it wasn't like driving in the lane and you know dunking on people around the interior you know sleepy you know did most of his shots on the perimeter and a lot of those shots were three-point shots and don't forget he graduated in 82 so he never never really had the luxury of the three point shot. So it didn't come in what till eighty six, eighty seven. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he, he would look. You, you know, you know who would have. Uh, you know who would have really had big numbers. How about uh, Pete Maravich? What, what do you think his numbers would have been? I don't think they they can we can count high enough. When 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 we played LSU, I sat next to their SID and I said to him, I said, if Pistol played in the three point shot. He would have probably had what another couple thousand points easy. So instead of scoring as many points as he did and averaging like forty-four a game, he could have averaged sixty a game easy. Because a lot hey, of his ben. shots were from deep. Yeah. <laughs> hey Ben, do you have a? Uh, I think Ben has to leave soon. Do you have a a parting standing shot? Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's 
magical. Uh, I, I, it's an, I, I, off the top of my head, I only have a really in, uh, stupid question. Uh, Rich, I mentioned your kids earlier. What, obviously, when you were doing this, they were all young. At various points, did you have any of the players babysit them? And if the answer is yes, I really hope the answer is Alan Iverson. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I didn't have anybody babysit them. In fact, my wife used to tell the kids, if you don't do your homework, if you don't take your bath, you're not going to listen to daddy. So that, that, that was one of the ways. That was one of the ways to get them to buy into whatever my wife wanted them to do when I was on the road. And in fact, you know what we had to do when we were on WINX, okay? You know, the, 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 the range wasn't very good. So what Pat Malley would do, he would rig up where we would call an 800 number into the studio and patch in so we could have speaker phones in the house and get the broadcast like it was right there from the, right, right there from the studio. It was just fascinating. And uh, yeah, that was, that was one of the ways to hear the games, you know, because sometimes you couldn't get the games out into the Rockville, Potomac area. Yeah, so, so we did all kinds of things to keep the kids entertained. Obviously, Big John, great coach and a very intimidating man. I'm sure there were, there were times where, for whatever the reason, you're, you know, whether maybe it wasn't at a game, but some somewhere your kids are around. Do you ever recall anything where, you know, Big John is there and, and you've got these little kids that then he's dealing with them? Or, like, or even if it's not him, somebody else, and a moment where you saw a different side of somebody because, you know, your kids are there and it kind of gives them an opportunity to sort of show a different side of themselves? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, m m most people, you know, my, my kids were pretty good kids. You know, they, they, they didn't get in the way of anybody, you know what I mean? They, they weren't kids that would run on the court and do all kinds of stuff. I remember one time, you know, uh, I, I, I took Evan and Lauren to some trip, and, and, and the late Bill Shapland, he said to me, you know, the kids were like, you know, down on the court, and he said, Rich, lose the kids. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> gonna... <laughs> I can totally picture that. that. <laughs> you could see, he said, Rich. Yeah, you know, I can imagine that. But, but he did it in an endearing way. I mean, he really, you know, he, he didn't do it like in a condescending way, like, you know, get rid of your kids, you know, store them up, you know, in, in a back closet somewhere. You know, he just said, and if you know Bill and you just know the way he, the way he said things, you, you understood. He just didn't want the kids to be on the court. He didn't want, basically didn't want them to get hurt. You know, this was well before a game. But yeah, that, that's, that's the way, uh, but I, I used to, you know, enjoy having the kids come. And, and as you well know, Evan did my stats for years. I mean, he did he did that that color coded thing that was absolutely amazing. I mean, I I could not believe the way he set that thing up. And you know, for me, you know, not the most technologically sound human being to just to be able to watch that computer and everything color coded so you can see the two point shots, the three point shots, the runs, and everything. You know, it's just fascinating. So sometimes it's good to have your kids around. Uh, hey, hey, Bob, actually, I do have one more question, Bobby, if, you, if you'll indulge me. Um, we, we talked earlier about the, these games, these, these travel games and, and the, you know, yes. the challenges that, 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 that would come. And I keep wondering, and, you know, there's so many moving parts. Just, just simply the idea of safety will be a big issue. But from a schedule standpoint, there's so many moving parts if they do have to cancel games. I, I, Bobby and I talked about this, I think, the other day off off the record. This would be like an obvious situation for everybody to figure out ways to play the teams in your local area. That way you don't have to travel and, and things like that, if, in fact, there's going to be a season. So locally, mm -hmm. you know, we, we've had this BB&T tournament in the past, and obviously it's kind of gone away now in the last couple of years, and there's always been this clamor to have an event of the local 
teams. Let, let, let's just say, Rich, that, that you were the czar of, of local college basketball. We could work it out that, like, somewhere, Capital One or wherever, we could have an event where Georgetown is there and Maryland is there and maybe GW and Mason and AU and Howard and what have you. I guess, mm-hmm. one, do you think – would that be something you're interested in, too? Do you think that – do you think people will still care about that, or have we reached a point where it's just been too long and, and it's not what it was – 10, 20 years ago, where that type of event really might have captured people's thoughts? Well, you know, I, I think maybe three years ago, it still would have been viable. But now when you're playing 20 league games and, you, and you're basically, you know, the Big East is what it is with the rivalries all set up, I, I don't think they see a reason or a time slot to even do that. See, years ago, the BBT was kind of a marquee event in, in Washington. What, you remember those, the great teams they used to bring in? Yeah. And, and in fact, I, I used to love going to that event. But but now the way that the, the way the schedules are, you know, Maryland has, uh, you know, the, the, the Big Ten and, and, and they're playing a couple of games in December now. So, you know, that event, which was played like what the first week of December, people are starting to think about their league games. You know, just after Thanksgiving, they're starting to get into the league stuff now. And, and I think that's kind of affected the ability to, to have tournaments like that where you have, you know, just local games. Like the like the BB and T. I I used to really like the BB and T. You get a chance to see GW, get a chance to see you know Georgetown when they did play in it, and of course uh, you know I, I think one time what uh, wasn't Howard in there one year, but that maybe they weren't. But anyway, I don't think you're going to see that in the future, and it's a shame. I thought it was a great a great thing for the children's charities. I thought Pete Tilly did a great job and. Pete Tilly did a, did, a, did a really good job in, 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 in getting the, 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 the people energized. It was a worthy cause. It's just a shame that that thing disbanded. Well, I, I, uh, what, there's a, what's a worthy cause of this podcast? I appreciate you guys letting me uh, chat. Uh, by the way, Bobby, I'm going to spring this on you. If, if Rich is going to come back, I think it's without a question. We need to have this long discussed one-on-one, mano-a-mano, trivia quest, trivia battle, Georgetown trivia, Rich Fodkin against Bobby Bancroft. I know I want this. The people want this. It's been on display tonight. You're both popping out stats and random dates. If you got, you guys plan it, you pick the date, I will make the questions. I'm in. You guys have to decide. You guys can discuss amongst yourselves when I leave because I got to go. But I appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys soon. All yeah, right, Ben, always a pleasure. <laughs> You know, Bobby, well, that that would be fun. You know, Georgetown trivia. You know, let's. Uh, you know, again, I'm I'm pushing 75 years old. And my brain's still working, but you know, I remember a lot of lot lot of trivia for Georgetown basketball. It, it, it it'd be interesting to see. G- give me an idea. G- give give me just a trivia question to see to see whether I'd be in the ballpark. What 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 would you what would what trivia would you? If if you were in the ballpark, I think I think I'm clearly the underdog here. Okay. Well, so, um, I think that it's more, it's probably more, more the other way. Mm-hmm. I think it would just, I mean, I think one of the first thing, well, you know, you're going to have the upper hand. I mean, I think one of the, one of the first things I like to get people on is where NCAA tournament games happened, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like where, yeah. where did Georgetown beat Hampton? You're going to know because you yeah. were there. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I, 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 yeah, of course. I, I know where that was. Yeah, uh, I know. So most you're, you're most talking, people, you're talking, you're talking, right? Well, sure. It, it's it's uh, well, you you well, I, you know you you know you know the story about that game. You know when Matt Burton hit the shot right to to beat uh, Arkansas, right? Right. 
Yeah. And 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 and, and then and then the next night, of course, they beat Hampton, who had beaten the night before, or or the the two days before, had beaten Iowa State, right? A two seed. Did I, did two I ever, seed. Yeah. Did I ever tell you the great story? So after we had beaten um, Arkansas, I went down to this restaurant bar in downtown Boise, you know, and the guy gave me a drink, and I said, you know, I broadcast for Georgetown, you know, and he said, oh, you know, welcome to Boise, and blah, you know, the the whole deal. So after after we had beaten uh, Arkansas, right. And then, then I went down there after that game and yeah. I told him, you know, we're probably going to have our hands full with Iowa State. And as I walked in, you know, because after I left the Arkansas-Georgetown game, you know, it takes you a couple hours to wind down. So I get down to the same bar and the guy, guy throws me a drink and he said, congratulations, you don't have to play Iowa State. Hampton just beat him. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, so yeah. So, so you then, didn't then even stay and watch? I did not. Because I thought for sure, I'll be honest with you, I thought for sure Iowa State was going to beat him. No, I did not stay. No, did not. Mm-mm, nope. And, and when I went down there, the guy said that, uh, that, that Hampton just beat Iowa State. Yeah. There's a guy named Jimmy Williams that played for them, the big 6'9 kid. And, of course, Georgetown, you know, just destroyed Hampton. You know, the, that was that Sunday afternoon. Bill Russell was there, and, and they, they, had, they had quite a, a crowd there cheering on the Hoyas. Yeah. Now. Um... Just for just for time constraints, just to let everybody know what we were going to do, and I think that we went kind of long with all of Ben's great questions. So we'll talk again next week. But what, what I'll so we were going to kind of talk about a couple of the seasons after they made the first tournament, but I don't think we can do mm-hmm. those seasons justice in the next ten minutes. So we're going to stick with this topic, which is: Do you remember who else was in that bracket? Which one? Which bracket? In in two thousand one, do you remember who who else was out there? You mean when when Georgetown played in in uh, in Boise? Yeah, is that the one? Well, yeah. there was Hampton, there was mm-hmm. Iowa State, there was Georgetown, there was um, uh, obviously Arkansas. George Mason was there, right? No. Uh. Yes. Yes. You're right. Yeah. It was. It was. It was a very local bracket. You're right. George Mason played yeah. Maryland. George Mason was there. I think. Uh, you're right. That's right. And Georgia State beat Wisconsin. Georgia State was there. That's right. Georgia State was there. That's right. And mm-hmm. and that had mm-hmm. that had very a very local flavor because yeah, Bernard Long well, was playing Chernard for Long Lefty Drizel for Georgia State. Exactly. That's right. He played for Georgia State for Lefty Drizel. Right. No. Exactly. As as someone that has seen, you've been part of the tournament from 32 teams up to 68 teams. As a kid yeah. growing up, I really felt like it just it just added to it the fact that you were at the same pod with the teams that were going to advance. And yeah. did did you like that system better, or do you like the one now? Because I feel like it's weird when like when you have the first round games. There's you know four there's four games, and then when you have the games on Saturday, Sunday, those two winners, they used to go together. And like you, like you knew you were playing that team, but now there's a game that happens and they're going to go this way and you're going to go that way. I feel like it was That's just, right. yeah. it was just yeah, better. I, I liked it. I liked, I liked it the old way. D- didn't you like it the old way? Where you Absolutely. Know play? Yes. Yeah, yeah. See, in other words, you, you, you were at the same, the same site. And if you won, you know you're going to play the team that won the next game, as opposed to you're in this pod and waiting to see what happens in another pod going to the region. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, for, I liked it the old way. Yeah. For instance, it was just like, okay, we're in Boise. And you know what, Maryland? We'll see you in Anaheim. That's right. Exactly. 
That's exactly right. And now with this whole pod system, you don't know who you're going to wind up playing. Well, you, you have an idea who you, I mean, you have, you have, you have a, a suspicion who you're going to play, but at least when you did it the old way, Bobby, you, you knew after you won your game that you would play the winner of the next game. That's just the way it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just strange. Well, you know it's what? Crazy. I, I think, uh, I, well, I think a lot of it was predicated on, you know, when they had all those teams from the East that went out to Boise, they figured, why are we sending these teams all over the place? Can we kind of regionalize it? And the teams that had the best records were allowed to stay closer to home. I think that was one of the, the, the main precursors to keep this, this pod situation where the higher seeded teams were able to play closer to their, to their home venue. I think that was the reason and, and reduce some of this travel. Yeah, I think that was definitely the reason, but like anything, right, it's not perfect. So I think an example of where the new system is supposed to benefit the higher-seeded teams, I can think of one time in particular, in my completely unbiased opinion, that Georgetown was on the short end of the stick, and I'm going to go back to 2008. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're the two seed, yeah. you're Georgetown, you had a great season, you might have been a one seed if you'd beaten Pitt in the Big East tournament, okay? Correct. Yep. And you you get sent down to Raleigh, and you oh, by the way, Raleigh. you have yeah. to play Charlotte Davidson. Right there, Davidson, yeah, in, in Raleigh. So in other words, it's like a home game for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With, with, with Sweet Caroline uh, singing in the background, exactly. Yeah, that, that's, you know, if there's, one, if there's one time where, you know, Georgetown really got screwed, in terms of being a higher seed, being sent to like playing an away game yeah. where, 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 where Davidson was considered, you know, it was almost a home game for them. You know, even though, it, you know, Raleigh is not Charlotte or, 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 or Davidson, North Carolina, but it's right. Carolina, you know? No, yeah, it's not. Yeah, and, but and, and, I was down there, obviously. You were down there working at that point. I was not covering Georgetown. I was just down there because yeah. that's where I would be. And mm-hmm. one, I'm never going to appreciate that song ever again in my life that you brought know, up. Well, and you brought well, it up because they played it so many damn times. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. It was like, exactly. It was ringing in my ears. I said, if I heard that song one more time, in fact, you know, when I saw Del Curry at the end of the game, I said, if you play that song one more time, I'm going to kill somebody, you know, because he was sitting right <laughs> behind us, you know, when, when, uh, you know, when, when, when his son kept hitting. In fact, I turned to him one time when they played against Gonzaga. He had one of those catch and shoots. You remember the game that that they beat Gonzaga the game before, they, before yeah. us. Yeah. And and uh, and one time in the right wing, I just happened to be sitting there, you know, watching the game, you know, and and just watching Davidson. And he had a catch and shoot from the right wing about twenty five, twenty eight feet away. Caught it, and I turned to Dell. I said, "You never did it like that, did you?" And he kind of laughed. I mean, like like a catch and shoot, boom! Like it was he was unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I never twenty five against Georgetown second half. I'm I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I didn't know who to root for in that game. Yeah. The the Gonzaga <laughs> because at that point for me I felt, you know, at that point Gonzaga had been making the tournament regularly since 99. Yeah. They mm-hmm. made that I think 99 was when they made the run to the Elite 8, lost to Connecticut, yeah. and they've they've yeah. been a mainstay ever since. So I was thinking, you know, probably want to avoid Gonzaga and mm-hmm. that d- turned out to be the wrong result obviously. Um, but usually I kind of have a feel. I think in 2007, I think, what was the game? I think it was Boston College and uh, where Bobby Knight was. He was at Texas Tech. I, want, I think that was the game. Right. And I remember yeah. that that game, too, being like, I wonder who I want to win this game. 
Yeah, well, a lot of times, you know, like I, I think if, if Georgetown had their preference, that they obviously they would have rather seen Gonzaga and get away from Steph Curry. But right. I, I, I was rooting, I was really rooting uh, for for Davidson for this reason. I okay. thought Gonzaga was a pretty darn good team. Exactly. And I Me too. I thought Georgetown could handle Davidson. I didn't think Davidson had much of an interior game, and I thought Hibbert and and our bigs could have, you know taken them i didn't think we'd have problems with their press at all or you know well i just thought we matched up much better it, yeah i unfortunately have that box score kind of like just ingrained in my brain and mm-hmm. i don't think you're ever going to see a team shoot like six i think georgetown shot 63 percent that day and they lost and i just oh, i yeah. just don't yeah. i don't between the free throw disparity was ridiculous you know as we know hipper got in foul trouble and macklin missed a bunch of um free throws and like yeah. you said the turnovers um, but there's Davidson had no business being able to play a home game as the 10 seed in the NCAA tournament. There's just no, they had yeah. no business. Yeah. Yeah. They, they should have never sent them to, to, to Raleigh. Right. I, I agree. Yeah. They, 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 these are the things that you look back, Bobby, and you say, you know, had Davidson been sent elsewhere, Georgetown could have been playing for the national championship again. Absolutely. You know, it, 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 it was just one of, one of those flukes. Yeah. Because they, they were every bit as good. You know, even though Jeff Green was gone, that 2008 team was pretty darn good. It was. Freeman came in yeah, right so, away and proved to be a yeah. stud. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, Chris yeah, Wright came yeah. back late. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Rich, you, you look back at you look back at those games, Bobby, and you say, you know, what if? And and that was all in a way decided by the uh, the NCAA committee the way they paired that stuff up. Now, sure. You know, should Georgetown have beaten Davidson? Well, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you right. but 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 still, but still, you know, it's it's Davidson partly the reason why Davidson won was they played kind of it was like a home game for them and, and, and the sweet Caroline got them going. Yeah. You know, they it, start hitting a couple of those shots in the second half, they got the momentum going because of the hometown crowd. Had they played at a neutral site, I don't think the crowd would have been been like that. They would so it would have been could have been a, a whole different ball game. Yeah. Hey, hey, Rich, we're actually running out of time, yeah. and Ben distracted us, so we got off our topic. But I'm going to let everyone know we're going to be back again next week, if not next week, the week after. Rich, I want to thank you again, and we'll see you soon. Bobby, always a pleasure. Keep up the great work. All right, thank 